Well, week two in the books, um, had some good hunts, some bad hunts, and uh, everybody seemed to have a good week in camp. We had some hardcore hunters. Um, we're here, we go around the table. By special request from me, Morgan is going to be keeping us on track and going through because we get rabbit hole and then we're a bunch of dunderheads. So it's Morgan, my wife. Go ahead. Walker. I'm Walker. <laughs> a white knife. A white knife is the client's name. That's right. I'm just Jay. <laughs> just just Jay. Jay Bird. So same crowd from last week. Just yeah. me added to keep it on track. Any elk hunters know how many pair of boots that you wear the bottoms out to kill dead elk. I mean, it's rough. It's not easy. You kill a live elk. Yeah, yeah, whatever. You don't kill the dead ones. Listen, it's early. <laughs> if you hear coffee being slurped down, we've been getting after it six days of grind well now it's 12 days of grinding for us uh, yep. third week's coming up uh, but we're going to go through a week and tell everybody how it was we can kind of go over why bulls are doing what they're doing right now my here's my theory is right now the cows aren't in heat so you're not getting that bugling action so you have young bulls that are of the breeding age and they're they're courting they're, they're running them cows around they're trying to do the thing and these big bulls are just laying off to the side, buying their time, not wasting the energy, not wasting fighting. There's nothing to fight over yet. That's kind of what's going on with the elk. That's why we don't, we haven't killed any big bulls. A couple bulls were called in big bulls this week, but quiet stuff. They're just coming in, stick pop, and there stands Papa Elk over there. Yep. So a lot of people there under the scenario that when bugling starts at this place, just as like Christmas carols out everywhere in every street doing their thing but it's not they it's canyon specific mm -hmm. one canyon might be hot and the other ones are dead walker got into a hot canyon this week and bulls were going nuts and they had action i was in slump city and didn't get anything and had to hunt hard and that's how most of the guys were but everybody hunting hard and smart and you can still find those elk they're still vocal Alex, not on the podcast again out carousing he's rutting himself <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah can't take it uh Alex called a big seven by seven into the clients, I guess a giant. Um, and that bull got fired up and was doing some bugling, some, he was wanting to challenge. A lot of stuff was going on. So, and he had moved in with cows. Jay had the first opportunity this week. Jay, that, you, right off first week, guiding, bam, bull. Yep. That, was, that would have been sweet. If you had Killed that bull with your client the first oh, day. Oh, first day, yeah. Oh, you'd come back. Hero, man. <laughs> Hero. I was already getting text messages. They're like, dude, Jay's, Jay's a stud. <laughs> right. Unfortunately, when Jay came out to scout for us and learn the area, every single place that he familiarized himself with is on a fire. Blaze. It's on fire. So That's condensed us down quite a bit. Yeah, actually this year yeah me logan and jay that well me and logan that's all we hunted last year yeah and it's it was, on fire now yeah yeah first day um we really didn't get into a lot of talking action had a bull respond pretty pretty early um got above him talked to him a little bit kind of gave up he responded about an hour later in the same spot figured he was bedded thermals were right so we stayed above him cow called a little bit here and there i mean we slow played him for almost five hours and the second the thermal started changing i told my client that we're gonna you know move just a little bit and 
if he's going to come up, he's going to come up now. And right when I said that, here he comes down the trail. Uh, comes into about 18 yards. I told my client to stand up because he was sitting. And he stepped on, on a stick. And that bull froze right behind a tree and stood there for what felt like two hours, but was really five minutes. And just waited for that thermal to switch up, and off he went. And I think being patient, too in your setups waiting yes. a little bit longer very very good point um you know we've we had a few instances this week where you know we sat a little bit longer we're in sign wind's good um it just felt right yeah. and next thing you know you know we have elk within bow range yeah we keep talking about covering covering and covering ground but jay makes a great point that when we do get into those when you get into a spot and you can smell bull piss and he's just there and that's a good spot to sit down and do some raking because he's probably not laying too far from that because that's what a bull does when he comes into another bull's area. He's going to try to show dominance, and he wants to see whether he can beat that one up or not. So if you hang out in those areas and trick them, and a lot of time they'll just lay there and listen to everything that's going on. And we talk about it. Elk have their own time schedule, yep. and it's definitely not human. They don't have to be back to the truck. They don't have to go to sleep. They're you're in their house. So that was a good first day. Yep. Yep. We had a bear uh, five minutes later after that come in about 40 yards, same trail. Um, same thing. Caught our wind. Couldn't get a shot. Tip for clients. Whenever you go to your spot, take that first five seconds and kick out everything around you. Make a path one way or the other. That way you can move and not be breaking sticks. As guides, we don't get the our minds are rolling, calling set up, what could happen. We bypass and look over some of those small details and that could make or break it right there. So I'm here to tell Jimmy's story. I pretty well root for all of our clients to notch a tag, but these guys were pretty special. They came out last year, drove all the way here from North Carolina at 40 some hour drive. And within the first two hours of their hunt, Eric sliced his leg wide open. So for everybody not knowing, Pine stall would be like a downfall with a broken branch off of it, littered with the limbs of a pine that are sticking up everywhere like spears. Luckily, he was with Jimmy, who kept this cool, um, assessed the situation, and found out that he cut his inner thigh really bad, and they got him out safely, got him back to the lodge, and headed for the hospital. They told him absolutely no hunting, so the poor guys had to turn around and drive all the way back to North Carolina the very next day. We offered for them to come out, hunt with Jimmy again. Um, so we were pretty excited to invite them back into camp. And I was really rooting for them to kill an elk. That's what they did. Jimmy tried to walk him across the same deadfall that had got him as a redemption. They uh, were ridge running and they did a little calling, soft calling setup. Bulls aren't talking crazily. You can get them fired up, but Mostly you're dealing with a bunch of horny teenagers right now. That's the ones that are, you're being able to dupe the most. And they did a little calling setup, and all of a sudden, a stick broke. And all of a sudden, there was a yellow object appeared at 40 yards, and dude drilled him in the front. He only went 60 yards, died. 40 yards on a frontal shot, that's, that's far. I mean, That's nuts. Yeah, that's, that's a long shot, a lot of room for error, but yeah. he pounded yeah. him. And this was his first elk hunt. He stayed calm, collected, 
and made it happen. We were happy to see that they brought some blood back into camp. It seemed to work out for us this week. So I didn't get to hear any of these stories. Uh, my client and I, we hunted the first day out of the lodge, and then I spent, what? how many nights was I up there? Three nights? A very long three nights. Oh, yeah, my wife started yelling at me. Like <laughs> I we were up there just roasting out. marshmallows and game scrabble <laughs> in our tent. Instead, we ate house, and everybody knows after a couple of days of house, <laughs> freaking farting, I thought the tent was going to blow away in the middle of the night like a hot air balloon <laughs> we move camp every day and we're on top of the mountain so what was nice is i was getting nine hours of sleep and i know everybody <laughs> back here was getting three to four so yep. i was appreciating that and in the mornings we'd be just sitting up there kind of letting our wind blow into an area where we didn't mind and just listening for bulls and i knew everybody was sweating hiking trying to get up to there so they could play the thermal game later but it did cut a lot of the morning hunting out because we were up so high Took two days, we got on elk, but they were very quiet. We did get on a big bull and we played games with him. I'm six foot tall and as high as I could reach with a Phelps metal bugle tube on my tippy toes, I found a tree that was raked six inches higher than I could reach with that bugle tube. A freaking stud and he just made it. So I'm like digging on onyx, like, cause I know the area very well. What stone have I not unturned? And there's one ridge in there that I've never been down off. And I was like, that's it. So I'd set Keith down. I'm like, all right, this is it. I've never been down off here. It might be absolutely awful. I don't know how it's going to be at the bottom. Trust the process. My right. process, I grinded it and it didn't work. <laughs> I kept saying that. I was like, dude, it will happen. Keep grinding. It will happen. Right. Not happening. We tucked tail and walked back to our camp. And uh, the next day we got back on them. I didn't actually get to bugle to any bulls this week. I got the big zero. But I did break Matilda out, which is my decoy. <laughs> and we would throw in a last chance, got behind it. And uh, I just started cow calling like I was going to come right to him, a receptive cow. And we walked right to that bull. And I honestly thought we were going to kill him. And then he kind of moved off and he bugled at the top of the hill. And then we chased him till dark. So old white knife got a red knife. I did. I got to stick my knife in my first elk with a client this week. Bathed in whoppity blood. That's High right. fives are being cheered <laughs> around. Yeah. It was a good week. The, one of some of the best clients I'll ever have. Yeah. yeah. Western PA fun. boys. Just fun. Yep. Fun guys. Killers. So, go into how your whole week went. Monday, I don't think we've seen a single elk Monday, but we, we had one bugle and a cow call, and that was it. And they got they circled below us, got our wind, and that was the end of that. Uh, yeah, Tuesday we rolled in, did a thermal hunt, and dropped down to the one bench. And I'm talking, I just set my guys up, and I cow called three times, and it sounded like a train. A herd of elk, cows, and two bulls come flying in. It's weird, they never said a word. 40 yards in my one of the clients were, was trying to get the other client's attention. Get his, hey, over here. <laughs> and they just broke off, took out. They stood out there at 100 yards just looking. And then they went over the hill. And I was like, all right, let it settle down. So I was like, let's just drop out, get out of here, leave this place alone. Because they know my sound. So, they, yeah, they come back to the lodge. They're hooked after that. Yeah, they were, they were tuned in. Yeah. We did see an owl. Jimmy saw an owl. And they killed a bull. We seen an owl on Monday. I'm here to tell you that theory's crap because I sat on top of a mountain <laughs> and I had an owl dive bomb me and Keith was always like, watch out. And he was like, thought it was going to get him. And he's like, I've heard stories, of those things hooking people. I was like, wow. 
But we sat there. I did not get on a bull or kill a bull. Yep. Did see raven feathers, though. That is a good sign. Yes. Uh, Wednesday, hiked probably three miles in up this mountain to the first bench. Thermals were still pulling down. Slow, slow playing it, cold calling. About the 30-minute mark, these cows come in. I don't know if there's a bull with them or not. They were 15 yards, come up to my clients, and he was going to laser beam one. So you can shoot a cow with your bull tag here in archery season. They're very smart, so they stayed below us. And then they popped up right in our scent cone, and you know how that goes. Yep. Was there alarm barking? Yes. They oh. run out there. Bark time. Did you bark back? Nope. Didn't bark back. Nope. Started pouring rain right after that. I was like, let's just leave this place alone. Backed out, went to a new spot. Didn't see anything, no more elk the rest of the day, but we pulled up and we're glassing, and a wolf comes out, 400, and just sits there and howls and carries on for about a half hour. It was my first time ever seeing a wolf. Hold so up. Cool. You saw elk and a wolf at the same time? Yes. Whoa. Yes. Man. Cried wolf and didn't let it ruin his hunt. <laughs> I am seeing more elk this year than I have in years past. And I also haven't seen any wolves in the last couple of years. And we've had three sightings and two weeks of hunting. And Walker texts me. He's like, man, the wolves are moving in. I was like, are the wolves <laughs> moving in or are we just covering that much more ground yep. that we're out there with them? Yeah, the crying wolf. It's not working anymore. No. It's not working no more. We had a lot of guides that cried wolf every time for a bad day of hunting. It's nice to see that. It's not... An excuse. I just think it makes them smarter. Yeah. yeah. It they, def- quiet, they quiet down. Yeah. You, just, you have to change your tactics. Walk back to the truck. Like, hey, there's a wolf in there. You just quiet down with your elk. Don't bugling and carrying on. If the elk aren't bugling and carrying on, I mean, it sound like a dipstick out yeah. there. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> then went Thursday, rode back into the spot, covered a pile of ground, uh, found the elk, found this amazing drainage with elk bugling we haven't heard elk bugle all last week barely at all then it was game time we were all pumped up found hot cows yes found hot cows called in two bulls coming about 30 yards to the one guy and about 60 from the other guy and the guy that was 60 from said he had a hole and he was going to take it but he didn't want to take it from his buddy because he thought his buddy had a shot i'd have been like yeah you're lost sucker (laughs) (laughs) laser beam but yeah that bull got her wind took off the wind is your biggest enemy out here, especially mountain hunting. We can usually get the thermals, but we've had a lot of smoke mm-hmm. and then cloud cover when the smoke peeled out, and that changes a lot of stuff. It's a very tricky game to learn, and it's a very hard game. And wind is huge on elk hunting. See it when they see you, game's not over. My friend Taco used to say they could hear you three times, see you twice, and smell you once, and it's over. So Friday, so wait, let me set this up. Thursday night, they are worn out the one was just kind of hinting that he wanted to go to a wallow Easy and hunt. sit yep he kept telling me and walker was sitting there and i'm staring at him like come on take this hint if that's what if you know if that's what you want to do that's what <laughs> that's what walker is going to do for you and he just looked at him and was like please man give me one more day one in more there. Days. just one more day in there and i'll make it happen for you so couldn't say no to him right. as he was begging. I, I knew he didn't want to go in, but I was like, listen. Trust the process. Yes. I knew it was going to happen. I, I mean, it doesn't – I have no words. I, you just knew. You had to be there to see what we seen in that drainage. Yep. Uh, anyways, <laughs> we, we rolled up in this drainage, chilling out on the first knob, just listening. About 11 o'clock, they started getting – 
getting pretty hot, and then they shut up about two o'clock. women like to sleep in, dude. That's right. That's right. So we rolled around. It's like a half bowl. Rolled around the bowl. I was like, listen, we're going to do a call and set up right here. If it doesn't work out, I'm going to do a location bugle, and then whenever we hear the bugles, I'm pinpointing it on Onyx, and we're dropping in on them. Walked out on the point, gave out a big old location bugle, and had about three different bulls, and we went with the closest, meanest one. <laughs> and we rolled around the ridge. I uh, dropped down, it's about the 150 yard mark, and I just started cow calling and raking. And I didn't hear anything, and I just heard a bow shot and the, <laughs> the rib cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah that. The old <laughs> drum beat. Yeah. yeah, you didn't hear <laughs> no bones. Yeah. Pumpkin. Yep. And then. I was I was freaking out because of last week. I was like, what happened? Did he shoot? He's like, yeah, raghorn, nailed it. All right. Heck uh, yeah. How, how far? 18 yards, pretty much broadside. And he tucked it right behind the front shoulder. Beautiful shot. Pass through. Yeah, pass through. That's huge. Yeah, I haven't seen that. We, we started a new thing. We make a minimum 500 grain setup push kudu points and a bunch of these special points that they come out with now and honestly it is making a difference mm-hmm. it, i said this is my first archery elk kill and josh has never seen a pass through on an elk my first one's a pass through yep and i'm getting all this through in reach messages on the mountain and i was not there for walker's pack out which sucks disappointing i know and we'll get you another one this week that's right that's right Brock is our other packer. Brock did pretty good, I guess. Yeah, okay, so this is pretty nice, packing out when you're the guide. And you get to say, you know, what the packers pack. <laughs> so I, I had a front and a hind quarter in a bag. The guy that shot it, I just had him carry the head. Yep, that's how it goes. The other guy, he just carried tenderloins and scrap meat. I carried a front shoulder. <laughs> ben kind of carried a hind quarter. And Brock, 140 pounds, yeah. six-footer. Soaking wet. Yeah, soaking wet. Uh, front and hind, and he bossed it up. This is his first time in mountain mountains. We call him Spotted Elk. Yes. <laughs> uh, because he has room to grow. That's right. Yeah. But whenever we went up on the mountain, uh, he helped me take our camp in, and he spotted elk. <laughs> so uh, he said, I am now Spotted Elk because I spot the elk. <laughs> Walker had a very interesting pack out. So, you know, we're all hype, you know, having a great time packing this bull out. I see the truck, sweet, we got 100 yards left, and I see this light start going across. Doom, 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 doom. Starts beating on Alex's truck window. He starts screaming, what the F are you doing? This is my property, blah, blah. Get out of here, and you're trespassing. Buzz we, kill. Yeah. We rolled up. Started putting our stuff in the pack. This guy's screaming in our face. Yeah, he called us lazy and terrible guides. We walked- <laughs> <Yeah>, that <laughs> has been bothering Walker this We walked on this 60 weeks or 60 miles this week. What are you talking about, dude? <laughs> Looks unprofessional. I mean, we're hiking out of a place where we're completely within our means legal to do it, and we have somebody acting like that. And it's just, it's awful. I'm glad I wasn't there, but I wish I would have been. I, I felt bad for the clients. Yeah, because you're yeah. on such a high whenever you just killed, you just packed everything out, and it's the part of the story that you're going to talk about and remember, and now what they're going to remember is getting cussed yeah. <laughs> up and yeah. down. Uh, they took it good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was trying, but I was yeah. happy to. Can't be under a leash. 
I'm proud yeah. of all the guys and Packers. They all acted professionally. Anyone else in that situation probably would have wanted it to escalate real quickly, but they videoed it, did everything that we asked them to do if that situation happened. I have to really give props to the Forest Service for taking it on so quickly. Within minutes of me emailing, I was on the phone with them and they're assessing the situation and gonna try their hardest so that this doesn't happen to us or anyone else that out there trying to hunt public land. The warden was on it right away also. He's got a lot of country to cover. Hats off to all the people that get involved in this. Uh, it's kind of, it's not what we wanna do, but can't let that stuff happen yeah. to you. It's, we, exactly. it's all your land. It's my land, your land, all of ours. Exactly right. We pay taxes for that and to be able to use it. And that's one of the great things about our country and people take advantage of it. Yep. Hunting yeah. brings out the worst. It boils down to jealousy. Yep. They get mad, he probably ain't killed many bulls or just doesn't have time to do it with his work. And dudes get butt hurt and upset and hunting will do it to someone faster than anything. I, I've been having a hard time with it. I've, <laughs> I've, yeah. I've usually the ones that's having most of the stories. And this week I ate some humble pie. Well, yeah, your transition from a guide to, to an, an outfitter, outfitter Dude, is... it's rough. It's, I, <laughs> it's, it's, rough. it's a slow process because, Man. you know, now you have to focus on the whole team you're b building. I come back and I was like, I usually have like so many spots, like I could hunt a new spot every time. And I'm like, huh, they've been through there. They've been through that. <laughs> I was yeah. like, you know, I got to go find some new spots. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's a different feeling, but, um, it's hard to hunt as a unit and a team. I mean, you still have a little pride. I mean, as right. a guide, I mean, it's hard and you gotta, you gotta step aside every once in a while. <laughs> and it's very hard for me to, cause I'm, I like secrecy too. Yeah. I got code names. For, yeah. And yeah, it's you, not good. You spend your whole life having these secret spots. You ain't telling nobody. And now yeah. it's like, yeah, oh, now I I'm, guess I can tell you. <laughs> we as guides, we're like, Oh, I called that boy. And we, you hear us like talk and it's I, 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 but, when you're elk hunting, it is a literally a team effort, yeah. which we always talk about that on sitting your clients down, just like huddling up like a quarterback, and you go over the play before you do it. That way everybody knows what's going on. You're executing for them. You're trying to roll yes. all the plays that could go bad, and all they have to do is really concern themselves on the shot and moving around to get that shot to happen. It is awesome. And then after the shot, everybody's team effort, trying to find it. That's what the guys were telling us. Uh, you're, the one felt like he shot it. Yeah. He said, I felt like I just did as much. I just didn't pull the trigger. Yep. And then actually both your client, Jay, and your client, Walker, pulled me to the side and appreciated how much you explained the setup before it was happening. You didn't just throw them in there. Yep. And you, he said, you know, you told him what to do. You told him kind of how it was going to play out in the best scenario or worst scenario. And it wasn't just sit here. If it comes in, shoot it. They, they knew what they were doing um, and what you guys were doing. So that was huge to hear. I, w I was real happy about that. I th this whole week was an awesome week in camp. Dudes I were mean, shooters. Last week we had guys cry uncle, and they did not get to see what Montana had to offer this week in camp. Everybody grinded it out to the bitter end, and everybody was on elk. All the clients, they came here to work, and they wanted to go home with some pride that they did it, and everyone just stayed optimistic, kept pushing them because – we know it's in there. You you have it in you. You just have to. It's mental games. You got to get your brain focused and know that your body can do it. And Logan's guys wanted to kill him every day, but smiled and <laughs> didn't want to see his face at 
you know, 4 a.m. for <laughs> breakfast because they knew he was going to make it rough, but they got opportunities. and Logan's not here. They wounded a bull. They looked and looked and looked for that bull, went back in there hunting the same area again. They actually got back into that bull. They're sure of it. But yeah, we're all in good time. I mean, it's everybody's in good spirits. We're on week two. Yep. It, we're, I'll, we're about to start week three. Yeah, and then it goes by, and then when you're in the last couple of days, it finally soaks in how much fun you've been having. Yep. And then it, Big you, time. yeah, and then the sorrow, and then you start getting grumpy because you're like, there's like three days left, two days left, one it, day left. Ah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, done. maybe for you guys, I'm Get super that. excited to sleep yeah. in today. <laughs> I hear bugles in my sleep. I love those things. Like, yeah, you hear any little squeak yes. or noise, you're like. I'm deaf in my left ear. I actually lied about hearing the bull's bugle because I didn't want to sound like an idiot. And the one bugled for an hour before I even heard it. I heard Ronella do a podcast, and he was saying that they ought to do the, your hunting level should be the amount of deafness you are in your left ear or whatever it is, vice versa, from shooting guns. But, Jay, you're opposite. Do you shoot guns a different way? Because I know you've been... No, I just have my ear blown out from a guy discharging his rifle in my truck with me in it. Uh, It was second to last week of you know november and we were we were elk hunting moving around a lot decided to try and cross a creek to get up on these elk that we spotted couldn't cross it decided to jump back in the truck and and roll around to a different ridge to get up the mountain on them and as we did that i hopped in my truck this dude opens up the door points his rifle luckily down to the floorboard and goes to unload it and just pulls the trigger and fires off a seven millimeter mag, you know, through the floorboard of my truck into my catalytic converter, you know, blew my ear, eardrums out. I, you know, I hop out, do the blood check real quick, freaking out, adrenaline. I, to say the least, I was pretty, pretty unhappy with them and, and things happen. Um, gun safety is, you know, definitely very important. The way that he reacted around it though, he really didn't care that it happened and we had some we had some words we we had a uh, guide at an outfair that i worked at have a rifle get shot as a guy was stepping over a log right over top of his head in the in, into the tree right above him i mean wow yeah i can tell one where i had the gun go off i was in canada in quebec and we were working for an outfitter up there and bear had stole some fish or roughed up a father and a grandson didn't actually touch him but run them off. So a Zek, best I can describe it, like a unit in Canada, and he's like the game warden in charge of everything. He's kind of the Zek leader. I cannot speak French. I'm low man on a totem pole, so I get told to go out and help them. Like I say, I cannot speak French. Everybody's speaking French. I borrowed a client's gun that had just killed a bear two days prior to that. We go and uh, we're loading up, and I go to chamber around in this Browning uh, medallion, mini medallion, 7mm08 and the second that the bolt went down the gun went off and luckily it's been drilled into my head about gun safety which i had it pointed towards the water away from everybody gun blows water up everywhere dudes are looking at me like oh my goodness (laughs) what is going on so i can't speak french i'm trying to explain what the hell was going on so i have to keep open and shutting the bolt and like pointing at it vigorously that the firing pin was going off when I would shut the bolt down. So, yeah, that was my, that wasn't a guiding one, but that was just where I was. Uh, yeah. I had it happen to me. You had a. I did have a, 
19-year-old girl. She has this 30-odd-6 pump piped up, all right? It's rifle season. We're hunting for mule deer. I look over. She has the gun, the butt of the gun on her foot and the barrel resting her chin. With her hands. With her hands. And I'm like, don't do that. <laughs> that gun goes off. Every hunter out there knows what a high-powered rifle can do to an animal. Yeah, that could have been yep. not good. So we tell client horror stories. Can you touch on any other outfitter horror stories? I could tell some. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, I could. Um, I mean, my wife still has nightmares that she works for the place that we work together in, in the Bob. Um, the organization was was very poor. I'm pretty sure their daughter was selling meth out of their house every, every night. You know, people drive in, stay for 20 minutes, leave. It was it was crazy. Oh yeah, they God. they didn't feed their horses. We were we were in the back country, and the horses would either jump trail because there's no feed. You know, you you can free graze in in your camp back there, right? And it's late in October. Um, they're pretty popular areas, so most of the feed has been grazed off during the summertime. And for some reason, in their head, can't seem to realize that the horses don't have any food, you know. And, and you, you try to pack in some hay, don't organize that enough to, you know, bring enough. The horses are literally eating the corral. You can take a horse that's fat, and in three days in the backcountry, you can have his ribs showing if yep. you're working. I, I would have walked out of there that day, but... Um, with my she's my girlfriend at the time but you know we're we're still pretty much doing everything together living together it would probably be bad if we both were out of a job Um, yeah (laughs) so we kind of just had to bear through it and get through the season the best we could we got we got trapped in um the camp and had to completely reroute like 20 miles a different direction and the outfitter on inreach told me it was really inconvenient for him to bring a trailer over there it's like it's really inconvenient for me to be stuck and have to cut out i mean there were giant old ponderosas over this mountain pass that closed in as i was going in that day it was probably one of the scarier situations i've ever been in but besides that I mean, I got up there that morning with the mules and I'm looking across this is, you know, after a season trying to get out and, and I mean, I've never been so mad on the mountains standing there looking at that and then, and having someone say, how do you know the trails close? Like (laughs) it's, it's really inconvenient for me. Yeah. We had a lot of people in camp that had been on other guided hunts. So I try and compare stories constantly because I mean that's the only way we're going to get better as outfitters and there is a sour taste in people's mouth about um, outfitters that Mm kind of just don't care not to put everyone down because there's good ones out there too but it's just those couple bad apples that make everyone nervous about booking with someone so I try and learn from their stories because I've never been on a guided hunt so I don't know what to compare it to but I try and get everyone's feel for the good stuff and the bad stuff and try and just do better. There's people that are in the game for the name. They want to be recognized as an outfitter just so that they can say that they can do that. And they might not think that at the time, but it really shows when, when it bottles down, when, when stuff hits the fan and things start getting hard and they give up, they don't care, they, they start – you know, treating their employees like crap. They don't feed them. I they mean, don't, 
I've had to go to the, the doctor after a season. I started atrophying, like my body was eating my muscles. I, I weighed 120 pounds and at the end of a season before because I wasn't getting fed. I ate a wolf. I, I, sh- I shot a wolf and ate it. My God. Yeah. We didn't starve quite to that extent, but we were not getting fed neither. A couple of oatmeal packets a day and a can of Spam, and she wasn't cooking or anything for us. It was just we didn't have a stove, so you poured water in oatmeal <laughs> packets and ate it cold. It, and um, the people that I bought this outfit off of, Karen actually come to the hunting outfit and lost her marbles, made us, made us pack our stuff and move in with them. I, I didn't really care. Like it didn't, I was young and I didn't really, I was doing what I wanted to do. Yep. So it's like I'm out here grinding it as cool as can be. It's all part of it. I didn't know I was green also. So I couldn't imagine that. I like to overfeed everybody. I yeah. almost want everyone to go home with an extra 10 pounds on them. Yeah, it was, it was insane. And you know, it's, uh, that was, a, that was a tough year for me. <laughs> you were forged I'm by sure. fire though. You get well-rounded when you've worked for multiple people. Um, I've worked for a bunch of different guys. Jay's worked for a bunch of different guys. Logan's guided in different places. But Walker and Alex and the rest of the crew, this is what they know. So You don't realize, Walker, how good you have it here. This was your first week working with us yep. all together. And uh, give us a little rundown. Lie if you have to. Make us sound good. I don't, I don't have to lie. <laughs> I don't have to lie at all. I mean, it, truthfully, everyone cares. The big thing here. Every, these guys put in the effort preseason you wouldn't believe the amount of outfitters that will go straight from summer season, throw their guys on two, three days of maybe trail clearing, and throw them directly into hunting um, without their guys seeing any of the country. I like to think that we're trying to do stuff as right as possible. I mean, our crew is young, and sometimes they're a little handfulish. I think it takes young, though, in this industry, just because these guys have a passion for it. They love what they're doing. They can stay optimistic day in, day out. And even in a bad week, they're still grinding. I'm just really proud of the team that Josh has built. It's nice to see everyone working together. And if there was ever a team that is going to be able to make a change in the outfitting and guiding industry, I think that we have put one of the best together. Truly, we are all blessed to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Big time. Yeah, it's cool. Cool occupation. Yes. I have been told that I don't do closing out very good. We just kind of end it, which a well, bunch of it's a bunch of rambling around and right. Morgan yeah. edits it all. But I'd like to say, hi, mom. I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, so this is terrible. I got to tell this. So my dad and I, I moved 2,400 miles away from home and my dad and I become closer. My mom and I used to talk all the time. Sorry, mom. Uh, Dad's the hunter. I need him right now. You got me through the youth, so uh, sorry. I got to use him right now, but we still love you. You better say hi to your mom. Yeah. What's up, Mama T? Yeah, what's up, Dennis? All right, Johnny T. We're missing you out here. Yeah. Johnny the Jackhammer, where you at, bro? The Italian stallion (laughs) could be out here grinding, but he's railroading. That's right. We are going to close it off better. I'd like to thank everybody, clients this week. Everybody did great. Guides, amazing job. Morgan's been keeping the lodge together. Um, we'll be here to talk about next week. Hopefully, we got some more stories of dead elk. Next week, we're doing animal attacks. Yeah. So, we got a little sneak peek. Old Bear Attack Ben is a packer, soon to be guide. 
a bear has had a hold of him. Yes, by the leg. Yeah, dude's tore up. We make sure he wears his QU cutoff pants around at yep. supper time because it, <laughs> it's a lot of conversation pieces. Yeah, dude's been shook like a rag doll by a 400-pounder. So we are going to tell that story here maybe next week. We're out. Keep your tits out of the mud. I've been known to taking you round was on to me, squeezing